Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, the show that promotes positive people. Tune in live on Mondays at 12 noon Eastern or listen live and 24-7 at www.wealthysistersradio.com. We know you will be inspired, empowered, and informed by the incredible women featured. And now it's showtime. Ladies and gentlemen, our host, entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hardness. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, sponsored by Wealthy Sisters Media Group. You can visit us for all your branding and publishing needs at www.wealthysistersmedia.com. And that's S-I-S-T-A-S, wealthysistersmedia.com. Here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, we proudly promote positive people, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to provide inspiration and encouragement to you, our dynamic listener, and that practical knowledge that you can apply to your business and life right now to have that positive impact. And second, we must edify, promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network, and today is another awesome Monday. That's right, it's July 29th. 2013, yes, I do believe that time has sped up. You know, they said that when the earthquake happened over uh, that tsunami in Japan, that the earth shifted on uh, its axis and sped time up. Now, I believe that. I don't know. You all might think I'm crazy, but it sure seems like it's going by fast to me. But, you know, we are wrapping up our anniversary month Four years here on the Blog Talk Network celebrating Wealthy Sisters Radio, and we thank you so much for that. And you know what? We are here every week at the same time. That's right, Mondays at 12 noon Eastern, so thank you so much for spreading the word. Well, what a way to end this anniversary month with us. Very, very talented, dynamic, and special guest today, Ms. Santita Jackson. She is the oldest daughter of Reverend Jesse and Mrs. Jacqueline Jackson. She's a contributing commentator on the Fox News Network and the host of the top-rated Santita Jackson show on Chicago's WVONAM, the nation's leading urban talk radio station. She tackles topics such as political, social, cultural, and religious, and important Five, uh, five days a week. So she's also the executive producer and writer and co-host of the nationally syndicated Keep Hope Alive with Reverend Jesse Jackson radio show. And she's a writer and she's a founding contributor to The Griot. That's right, thegriot.com, which we know is the website put out by the MSNBC. So we are so excited to have her on our show today. We're not going to hold you long from her. We will uh, remind you that right Right now, you want to call, text, book, Facebook, tweet, tell everybody to dial 347-838-9278. We have a show for you today. We're going to have a dynamic show. I want to make sure you get your pens and paper out right now. So you can remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And that's right, we're on iTunes under Wealthy Sisters. You can find us all there at Wealthy Sisters. So after we take this short break, we'll be right back with our very special guest, Ms. Santita Jackson. Stay tuned and thank you for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Having more money won't solve your problems, but being a trusted client of Visionary Financial Strategies will. 
Your help begins on the web by contacting DFStrategies.com. That's DFStrategies.com. Or 410-929-4837. Again, 410-929-4837. At Visionary Financial Strategies, every financial move must have a purpose. Visionary Financial Strategy. Three women are murdered every day. Around the world, at least one in three women has been or will be abused in her lifetime. It's time to change these statistics. Join Saving Promise, a national grassroots movement that's bringing about real change. Visit www.savingpromise.org to join our One Voice campaign and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Text My Promise to 20222 to make a $5 donation. We need your voice. Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence. Welcome back. We're here live on Wealthy Sisters Radio. As we mentioned, we're celebrating four years here, and we thank you for that. I tell you, we appreciate all of the greetings, all of the text messages, the emails on Facebook, and the tweets. We're so excited about this year and the year to come. And, uh, you know, we just appreciate just having you as the audience. So we thank you in advance, and we just so much success to every one of you all out there. Well, today, as we said, we're celebrating, and we are wrapping up with, I mean, a powerhouse. What a way to go. I want to say hello and a welcome, a very, very special welcome, I shall say, to Miss Santita Jackson. Are you there, Miss Jackson? Deborah, how are you? Please, Santita is my name. <laughs> yes, ma'am. How are you today? I am doing fine. I'm doing fine. I've just had a bit of change in my job now. I'm no oh. longer on WBON. I have a show on the Word Network, the largest urban religious network. It comes on on Saturdays at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. Wow, that's right, that's right, that's phenomenal on the Word Network. I know there's, that is a great network. How long have you been there now? Uh, since the beginning of the year, I would say about ooh, end of January, beginning of February. Oh, wow, that's incredible, that's incredible. Well, I know we're going to talk about that and all of the other great things that you're doing and have done, and we just want to extend a very warm welcome and say thank you for helping us to culminate our fourth year anniversary today by being here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Congratulations to you. You do such wonderful work. I mean, it's inspirational, it's aspirational, it's a real blessing, and and I'm honored that you would ask me to be a part of the show. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for sure. Well, let's just get in right into it here at Wealthy Sisters. We are uh, a little nosy here. Our audience, they love to be able to relate uh, to our guests, you know, and find some similarities in, in how we grew up. And we always say, can you share with us a little bit about, you know, what was your direction and, and the ingredients that went into the recipe that we see today, how you came on this journey that you're on today? Well, you know, first and foremost, God. You know, I have you know, I have two great parents, and yes. I'm so grateful for that. Uh, we were raised with our grandparents as well, and we are children of the church. I mm-hmm. mean, I think that with all of my father's activism people, uh, my father and mother's activism, because they did all of this together, mm-hmm. uh, people forget that um, we came to Chicago because my father had a full Rockefeller scholarship to go to the University of Chicago to get a master's in divinity. Wow. And so it was between law school and uh, and theological training. And Reverend Dr. Samuel DeWitt Proctor, uh, who, of course, who had been the pastor of 
uh, Abyssinian in New York and who was the president of North Carolina A&T, the chancellor, when my parents were in school there, directed my father to uh, to the University of Chicago and into the ministry. He felt that that would be the highest and best use of his gifts. And so my brothers, my sister and I were raised in that context. Um, my mother made very, very certain to take us on the picket lines. Uh, so that was very much in addition to piano and dance for me and things like that and and my brothers playing sports and trying their hands at other instruments and such, you also, very much a part of our lives was activism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our dining room tables, we, at our dining room tables, we discussed current events the way I guess most people discuss the neighbor next door. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, and all of that is very normal to me. So even being a commentator on Fox News now, it's like an extension of what we do, what we have always done at home, and now what we do across our own dining room tables with our family and friends. And, yeah. uh, but I think, you know, I think for me, my life has been very normal, even though someone else might say, whew, I don't think so. <laughs> you know? I mean, when I talk with my father, I might talk about an issue, but the first thing I do is, you know, talk to my daddy. Right. Speak to my mom. Right. I'm speaking to my mother, and that for me. And when people are around our family, they see just what a family we have. You know, it's just we're first and foremost a family. Period. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, I I always say this, and um, you know, normal is is unique. <laughs> what is normal? Everybody has their own normal. So your life is, is the way your life was pre- preordained and destined to be. And, you know, we I've had um, Reverend Abernathy's daughter, Donzelay Abernathy. I had um, Hosea Williams, Reverend Hosea Williams' daughter on, Miss Elizabeth Omalami. We had her on. And, you know, it's just always good to have the perspective and to be able to say thank you to you all um, as the children, as the spouses who, you know, pay such a sacrifice in sharing uh, your father with the whole world. Because, I mean, I know there have been times where he's been gone or times where he's active being, you know, being an activist for everybody else as well. So we we really want to pause and say thank you to you, you know, for, for sharing him well, and your I mother you, with the world. I thank you for that. But, you know, I would have to really give, so much of that credit, well, to both of my parents. A, our mm-hmm. father took us just about everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been witnesses to everything. There was no door that was closed to us. But our mother was very deliberate in helping us to understand the work that our father was away doing. So we did not feel uh, deprived. Right. That, is, that is to say, you know, there were times that you missed him. There was no question about that. But... Uh, my mother helped us to understand, raised us with the understanding that he belonged to the world. Right. And did not call the office unless it was something serious. You were not frivolous, although my father kept the door open. If you wanted to talk to him about anything, you could do that. I have a funny little story. Um, oh, this was some years ago, about 10 years ago, I was at an event. And there were several thousand people there. And my father and I had been in the middle of a discussion about some something or another. And um, we were finished, or at least I thought that we were finished. 
And as he made his way through the crowd, and he was surrounded by a lot of people, um, I shouted above the den. I said, oh, Daddy. And my father turned around and beckoned me to come in his direction. And a friend of mine was there, and he had tears in his eyes. He said, you know, it's amazing. He said, there are thousands of people here. But do everything your father heard your voice. <laughs> and he touched everybody and said, stop, my baby's calling me. And yes. Come here. And so I have that. We've all had that relationship with him. And so uh, somebody's had to make these sacrifices. Otherwise, you don't move forward. And thankfully, I know my father had a partner and has had a partner and continues to have a partner in my mother. Uh, because she, too, she first and foremost has been an activist. And so she understands and she's someone who's always pushed him to even do more. So, you know, so it's, you know, I think thankfully, you know, they have, uh, you know, he married her and she married him. So it helped us to understand and appreciate what they together have done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And some amazing things they have done for sure. Now, you know, we know you grew up in Chicago, um, mm-hmm. but where did you attend school? And, you know, I, I know you have a singing background. Can you tell us a little bit about how that path uh, was well, taken for you? it's been circuitous because I've had a lot of different incarnations in my life, Deborah. <laughs> You know, I went to high school. I I did my primary schooling here in Chicago, and then I went to Howard University. Uh And I decided, although I had a science background, that I wanted to be a singer. And so I uh, had been, you know, I tried out for the chorale, for the choir at Howard, and I was put into the professional singing chorale. And um, it took a lot of time, and I just said, wow, this is taking a whole lot of time, and I don't know if I can do this because I had a full academic scholarship to school that I needed to keep. <laughs> you know, and I, my mother emphasized us all getting scholarships to college because we never thought our father, in, in part for your own sense of achievement. But in the other part was we never thought our father would be alive to pay the tuition. You know, we never really expected him to live past 40. And so all of us, well, none of his peers really did. Right. Um, I was going to say you had what examples that you have. You know, I thought about that. You had some powerful examples to think that way. Well, his nearest peers never did live long. And Mm -hmm. he never expected, we never expected him to live long. But, you know, that said, you know, we're on the, you know, we've been blessed with so much time. But um, having said all of that, I just didn't want to give myself over to singing fully, even in school, because, you know, I had this academic scholarship. I had the misfortune, if I, if I may say, of studying under uh, Dr. James Weldon Norris at Howard, who was a chemist, in addition to being um, a, a, uh, a a concert uh, singer and maestro, and which was my own background. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. Well, you can do both. I said, I don't think so. But to make a long story short, I was very dissatisfied with chemistry. And, you know, college for me academically was not tough, but emotionally I was just not in a great place. And I decided to, you know, I said, look, you can have this chemistry. I'm going to go on and sing. (laughs) I was offered a recording contract by Dick Griffey at Solar Records, which was very prominent at the time, at the end of the 80s. And then... Um, having grown up 
knowing Roberta Flack very well, who also went to Howard, um, my father said, why don't you talk to her? If she thinks that you have some potential, let's see what she thinks. Because her background is also as a teacher. And okay. she was very excited about my musical gifts. She, in fact, gave me a piano when I was... Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, that gift yeah. that she gave you. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and so this really fit neatly into the gift that she gave me when I was a little girl. Okay. And she said, why don't you come to New York? Don't go to California. <laughs> Come to New York, and you can work for me. But then I can point you to the, in the direction of great teachers, and because I think your voice is really more classical, doesn't mean that you have to sing classical music, mm-hmm. but at least give yourself over to that training because it will give you the option to mm-hmm. do to sing anything. Mm-hmm. And working with her, and she's still very, we're very, very close today. Working with her was and continues to be one of the great honors and pleasures of my life, uh, personally and professionally. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, she exposed me to so many different people, you know, to work, uh, to sing behind, you know, Miles Davis and Dizzy Gillespie, you know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, having, you know, grown up with Donny Hathaway playing at our piano because Donny Hathaway was a Chicagoan. Mm -hmm. Um, Isaac Hayes and James Cleveland and all of these people, even Marvin Yancey, who co-wrote mm. all of uh, Natalie Cole's early hits. He, co- he co-wrote them with my uncle, Charles. But Marvin Yancey was our music director at Push. And so these, you know, so I grew up with music all around me. And um, But then, too, I've always had this pull, this academic pull. So I moved back to Chicago. I started producing television. And then I started producing radio. The top urban programmer in radio pulled me into radio, and um, with the with the uh, ambition of pushing me to into television. And between that, I had weight loss surgery, lost two hundred pounds, and then wow. now I've moved into television. And now I'm back in radio and television, and I write, and I'm going back into singing. My plate's full, well, Deborah. <laughs> and I hear, I hear, but let's back up a little bit if we can. I mean, just that's just so fascinating to be able to tour uh, with Roberta Flack and to, to, oh my goodness, perform with Miles Davis and mm-hmm. and all of that. Can, tell us one of your most memorable moments uh, on being on tour and performing. Well, you Can know, you one share? of the things that I I love about Miss Flack is her. She is the fact that she has forgotten more music than most of us will ever know. Mm. Uh, she got a full scholarship to Howard University at 13, and her parents would not let her go until she was 15 because they wanted mm-hmm. her to become more socially advanced. Mm-hmm. So she wow. is actually uh, academically brilliant, but she and uh, Roberta Flack, Roberta Flack, and people like um, uh, I would say. Aretha Franklin, and many of these artists are self-produced. They've never gotten the credit for producing mm-hmm. their own music. Mm-hmm. But everything that they do, I mean, if you read accounts of uh, of Miss Franklin's work, uh, when they took her to Muscle Shoals, Alabama, uh, the, all of the male musicians were like, okay, here they're about to bring this other woman who's singing, okay, we'll hear but they said when they sat when she sat down at the tel- at the piano, they went, "Oh my gosh, she really <laughs> knows what she's doing." Yeah, Miss Black mm-hmm. is that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that she's ever done, 
she has produced it, even as she's given other people credit for being her producers. I mean, when you hear Killing Me Softly, that's her. When you hear the first time ever I saw your face, she'd been doing that for years before she put it on vinyl. Um, and so, really, more than anything, I remember the rehearsal. I mean, we've had, you know, we've worked with some of everybody, but I remember for every hour that you're on stage, she has rehearsed about that afternoon for the sound check, she's put in about three hours. Wow. Um, and she's going to rehearse you to death in New York before you go on tour. I mean, you know, you're going to be on tour so You remember months. those rehearsals, huh? Oh, girl, like eight to ten hours, you know. It must have created some real discipline for you. How have you seen that be able to help you as you have moved into radio and being on the camera now at uh, TV on Word Network and Fox News? Well, it's the discipline. I mean, Mm -hmm. there is, you know, greatness is not an accident. Mm -hmm. Ever, Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. When you see people who really, who excel at what they do, they are prepared for what they Mm -hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just and, and that is really so true. Just, oh, you know, I mean, you know, sitting with her, I could see how being in the laboratory at Howard University was helpful. Doing something that you don't want to do, but you have to do in order for you to do it well. Right. That's right. What you've got to do, and that works for every aspect of your life. Every part of your life will work when you use that kind of work ethic. Uh, and, you know, and then just the love. I mean, I remember when I first started to work for her, she said, you know, hey, if you want to go to California, go do it. But what I want to give to you is the love. I know that you are disciplined. I get that. <laughs> Maybe not with your eating, but even I even got that too. Okay. <laughs> I understand that you're disciplined, but I, I want you to have the love. So I want you to understand Wagner and Stevie Wonder. Okay. I want you to understand Beethoven and Pat Boone. I want you to <laughs> understand Donny Hathaway and Mahalia Jackson and the Clark sisters and Barbara Streisand and Javon from Brazil and on and on and on. I want you to open up your ear and open up your mind so that you hear music and not people in colors. Right. Right, right. That's wonderful. Well, if you've just tuned in, we are so excited celebrating our fourth anniversary here on Wealthy Sisters Radio with our very, very special guest, Miss Sentita Jackson. We're thrilled to have her on the show today. We're going to take a short, short break, be right back with more. We want to learn more about the griot and how that got started with you when we come back. So thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Does your home or office decor need a resurrection? Is there a special room of yours that says blah, blah, blah and is lacking inspiration? Then you need creative ways and solutions. We help you create feel-good spaces that are functional and beautiful at the same time. We are here to cater to you with an environmental and spiritually conscious flair. Both in-person and virtual interior design services are available. Visit us online at creativeways.com, spelled with a K, or call 888 888- 280-8318 for a complimentary consultation. We create spaces that inspire you. Do you have a book that is ready to be published and you just don't know how? Does your company website need a facelift? Well, Wealthy Sisters Media Group is here to serve you. Publish your book and capture that brand new company look. 
visit WealthySisters.com or call 800-917-9435 to take action today. We're live and back on Wealthy Sisters Radio, celebrating fourth anniversary with none other than Miss Santita Jackson. If you just tuned in and you missed the first part of this show, I'm telling you, she came out the gate with power. You definitely want to catch this show and all our other shows at iWealthySistersRadio.com. We are all there. Just check under Wealthy Sisters, and you can actually listen to this and all of our other shows right there on your smartphone and other smart devices. So, Miss Santita, I almost said Miss Jackson. I tell you, we just have so much respect for you. It's all out of respect Aww. and love. But Santita, tell us about this transition. You, you know, you're being a, a performer, a singer. You, we know you performed uh, for the second was the second inauguration for President Clinton. Was that yes, as well? How was that experience? Alliance. Well, it was a tremendous experience that came out of a very sad experience. Um, yeah. I uh, sang at the funeral, the state mm-hmm. funeral, of mm-hmm. Secretary of Commerce Ron Brown. Yeah. He was a very, very dear family friend. And, um, oh, you know, I had been I had been felled by, uh, I think it was strep throat. And mm-hmm. uh, I got a call uh, from uh, Secretary Brown's family, who, you know, his brother, who's our age, actually, mm-hmm. is like my best friend, Chip, mm. his sister, his daughter, and my brother, the former congressman, Jesse Jackson, used to date in high school. So we go mm-hmm. back, 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 back on a personal level. And they asked me to sing at the funeral, and so I got up and did that. And, um, you know, people, you know, heard that I lived in New York, but they didn't quite, you know, they heard that I was singing, but, you know, they didn't know what I was doing. And the president and Mrs. Clinton were you know, were just very moved, and um, as and then they asked me a few months later to sing the national anthem at his second inauguration. Of course, I was honored to do that. <laughs> and but you know what was wonderful was that I had been training. I worked with Opera Ebony in New York, which is the oldest and largest black opera company you know, <laughs> in the country. And um, I trained under uh, Ben Matthews, who has since made his transition. He's a world-class baritone. And Wayne Sanders, world-class maestro, who uh, was has been an accompanist for Kathleen Battle and Jesse Norman and, and just really many of the great operatic and uh, concert uh, singers in the world. Mm-hmm. And but what I loved about them was they were they would never try to make me not not sound black. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. they wanted to. They said, you know, you we have thick lips, we have broad noses, we have these broad cheekbones. You make use of that, which is why when you see a lot of people uh, chisel away at their at their faces as singers, you go, oh my goodness, it's going to change your sound which is part of the reason I'm sure that Barbara Streisand has not touched her nose. That's wow, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Because uh-huh. you sing, when, you, when you hear the resonance, mm, it's, uh-huh. it's something called the mask from nose from cheek to cheek. It's like a triangle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, well, you know, at any rate, you know, just singing at the inauguration was a wonderful, wonderful honor, tremendous highlight. And ironically, on that day, 
Uh, it was, uh, as now our inaugurations fall, on Dr. King's birthday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to be able to sing, as they said, the national anthem at the last inauguration of the, of the century, of the millennium, on Dr. King's birthday as a child of the Civil Rights Movement, you know, I carried the Abernathys and the Kings and Jose right. and Rose's family and everyone with me. I did not feel like I was alone on that day. Right, right, right. And, you know, it was just, it was a tremendous honor to be able to take the movement and to sing our national hymn uh, on that day. On on that that day. Yes, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. And now as um, you you were transitioning into the writing field, I'm sure you've always been writing, but how did that? Really? No, I've always been a reader. Uh, were you ever journaling or anything no. like that before? Okay, no. that's interesting. No. Wow. So David Wilson at the Grio took a risk. But uh-huh. uh, to go back to show you how, you know, all of your relationships do matter, my friend Annette Freeman was a producer at NBC. Okay. And she I went to college with her. I'm a Delta, she's an AKA, but it's all love, it's all good. It's all love, it's all good. <laughs> it's all love, it's all good. And um, Annette was trying to produce a docu- a mini documentary on then-Senator Barack Obama. And she said, okay. yeah, I really think he can win this thing, and I heard that you were the maid of honor at their wedding. I said, that's true, but I don't discuss them or people I know. That was mm-hmm. something that my mother um, really she didn't just caution us against that. When we were young, we were not allowed to speak about people. Right. And right. So you know if someone makes comments about me, they don't know me because my friends right. don't trust me at all. Right. And um, and I even shared with the now First Lady that, you know, this whole idea of speaking about your friends or people that you know, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Because people mm-hmm. take your words and they twist them and, you know, whatever per- – political disagreements we might have, I said, and we're going to have them. That's uh, correct. That's the nature yeah. of politics. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to get hurt here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, I will do this. I will do one or two interviews, and that's going to be it. But I did it for Annette because I went to school with Annette. And I okay. know the Perry position that many African Americans who are in television are in. Okay. Because um, you know, we're always fighting to prove ourselves. That is Still true. And, um, you know, I did the mini documentary and I said, you know, Annette, I look, I don't look the same. (laughs) And I'm on the radio now and I did not. And so when she got the tape, she was shocked because I was significantly smaller than I had been in college. You know, because I was like 300 pounds in college at one point. Wow. I'm about half that size. Yes, yes, yes. And she said, you know, hey, you know, we need to talk. Because she actually pulled the tape and started taking it around NBC. She said, somebody needs to do something with her. So, I mean, she is as responsible. Annette Freeman is as responsible for me being in TV as anyone. uh, Because my girlfriend decided, someone who had not seen me in years, she decided to take my tape and push Mm -hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. she pushed me to see myself mm-hmm. differently. And mm-hmm. and then when I would as I was making my way through NBC and MSNBC, she introduced me to a young woman who's no longer there, but she was she was in charge of putting everything on the air. She had to vet everything. Geraldine Mariba Williams. Brilliant young woman, African American also. 
And I met some wonderful white people at NBC and MSNBC, too. So, please, mm-hmm. you know, there's just a lot of people who have been very, very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And um, and they said, you know, given how you speak, I know you can write. And I said, well, there's no guarantee, but to make a long story short, they were starting the GRIO, and they introduced me to David Wilson, who was the editor and founder and he said, I wish you just write something. I said, hey, if it doesn't, if you don't think it's well-written, throw it out. My right. feelings will not be hurt because I don't want to do anything that's not excellent. That's and, right. you know, he was very pleasantly surprised. He said, you, know, you actually do write very well. One of, and they posted it. And so I started writing. Of course, I cannot do that with them now because I'm at Fox. Right, right, and, right, right. Um, and hopefully just as I get myself better organized here, I'll be able to do some writing on Fox. But I do now. I'm posting a morning morning message every day on my Facebook page. Right. Uh, because, you know, it's, you know, writing is a discipline. And, you know, writing something every day, huh, it, you know, it takes something out of you, but it puts something else in you, too. Right, it does, and and it can go so far now with the technology and um, internet, and how you can post it on just not even just on your Facebook, but you can send it out through Twitter, and then of course through your blog and all of that. So you're able to reach a lot of people with that, uh, and and, yeah. and with it staying live on the internet as well. That's great. That is well, great. I just never thought of all of that. You know, I yeah. just figure you you just share and you keep on going. Right. Uh, right. And I have to become more sensitive to that because, um, you know, we just, all we try to do is, all we've ever tried to do is serve people. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, getting it seen to, a, getting it viewed by a larger audience, you know, I kind of shrug my shoulders at that. It's just something I never really paid a lot of attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I just want, you know, if somebody's lifted up by it, if they feel good about it, then that's great and that's enough. Oh, yeah, and that's what I mean. I mean, there's so many people, when you talk about something going viral, that's what it is that, you know, are motivated and buying these platforms help to do that. I mean, those inspirations that you see that people share, the retweets that you see that people share, they they are always encouraging. <laughs> you know, when, when you know that when you're it depends on what what group that you're focused on and and when you have something as positive as you do to say, that's that's a great thing. So, yes, that's great. Now, you are you are on Fox News. We've kind of just t- touched on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Why don't you share with us how that all came about? Because that's you know it's very interesting having you there. So. You say, "Have you lost your mind, girl?" I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you know that oh. it, it needs to be a balance in everything. So <laughs> we know. definitely know that there's a balance that needs to be there. Well, you know, I think you need a balance everywhere. I, That's you know, right. Having grown, having grown up with the media, you know, to me it's all one big entity. Um, mm-hmm. What's dismaying to me about media overall is that we're not seeing, um, we're hearing opinions. We're not hearing, right. you know, what happened here. Right. And so one of the criticisms that is a fact that, a lot of times. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, and when I was on the radio here in Chicago, you know, five days a week, you know, people would call in and say, "Hey, what do you think?" You know, I want to know <laughs> what you think. I said, you know, and I want you to hear the facts, and you think for yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And that for me is the real thing, you know, and and understanding that um, you've got an opinion, you've got a story, Deborah, I do, but everybody else who's listening to us and everyone who's living, who's drawing breath, have, they have opinions, even if right. I strenuously disagree with them. And so right. it made me unafraid to go to Fox News. Um, I was offered uh, this opportunity to be a commentator by Roger Ailes, actually. Okay. Um, I'd met him, i talked to him, and I did not realize that as he was talking to me that he was kind of feeling me out. <laughs> I went to see him about something <laughs> completely different. This had nothing to do with being on television at all. But he actually, as a before, this was the first time I actually sat down and spoke with him one-on-one as I was leaving his office. He said, have you ever been on Fox News? And I said, no, sir, I never have. He said, would you like to try it? You know, I, I think you'd be great. And I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> you know, and it wasn't Fox as much as television, really? Right. Somebody else said this and and, yeah, you know, and he said, no, I really think, just try it. Just try it. And two weeks later, they flew me out to New York, and I did Fox and Friends, and they were very lovely to me. <laughs> and um, they kept asking me back. <laughs> and he would check in every now and then to, you know, to see, you know, well, how did you feel about it? No, it's, it's great. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I was able to keep in touch with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was really trying to figure out where I should go next. And interestingly enough, um, hey, and this is this is just the way it can work in life. You know, they didn't really, even though I had a top-rated show at WVON, they didn't really want me back. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and it was making the papers because I wasn't on the air, but people were wondering, you know, where is she? And I didn't get a chance to get back on the air to say anything to anybody. Wow. And... Uh, that day that it made the papers was the day that he'd offered me a spot as a commentator on Fox. Mm. But I was having vocal trouble. I couldn't speak. I literally could not speak. Uh, well, <laughs> so ah. Was, was, was it just a, uh, you lost your voice just from tiredness? Or I, think, just, just I think it was maybe it was it. spiritual in part, but physically uh, I had pneumonia. Uh-huh, and the virus okay. attacked the base of my vocal cords and paralyzed okay. them. Okay, okay. And so I was in New York seeing my old doctor to see what the problem was because I couldn't speak and I just could not imagine not being able to speak. So while I'm taking care of that, you know, he said, well, when your voice returns, I said, if, you know, I wrote to him, if it returns, he said, you're going to be fine. Yes. You're going to be fine. You'll go on the air. And I think, and it took me about three months to get my voice back so that I could speak reliably throughout the day, and I was back on the air, ironically enough, the day that they uh, decided to take the Trayvon Martin uh, case to trial. Mm. And um, so, I mean, in my life, is you know, the Lord has opened doors for me in that way. You know, when, when one would open, I could see, I couldn't even get, a, I couldn't get upset about anything because I've, I've seen in the course of my own life, Deborah, that um, rejection is protection. Mm. And sometimes it's redirection. God yes. doesn't need you over here. He needs you over here. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And go where I send thee. Go yes. where I send thee. And that's where, you know, my own religious training uh, comes in because had I not had that experience at WVON, and it was a tremendous one, 
I wouldn't be here. Um, had I right. not uh, been, had I not come back to Chicago to help to develop our television studio at Rainbow Push, and my father hired me to do culture there. But Don Jackson, who produces the Stellar Awards, felt that I was a great researcher and that I could become a wonderful producer. Okay. And being there, I would because we had no money to do this television show, I would uh, use my voice to introduce segments. And one day, after I'd been there all night, had run home to shower and came back, making no money, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> you know, that was you know was an opportunity, and it was right. a great. It was a chance to do some good work. I felt to do good and do well, and. Um, Oh, goodness, I can't believe that. Elroy Smith, who was the top urban radio programmer, I'd say, in the 90s, uh, beginning, coming into the mid-2000s, mid, you know, uh, first 10 years. Uh-huh. Um, Elroy heard my voice, wanted to know who was his voice. I know all the voices in Chicago. I don't know her. And my father, to his credit, said, it's the producer. My father <laughs> never put himself in that way. Because, well, you know, I, let me back this up. Yeah. Uh, President Truman had a daughter. He and his wife had one child who was ambitious to be a concert singer. And she studied and she performed in Washington, D.C. And she got really bad reviews. And um, my father said, you know, and I was loath to ever be in that position. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you are going to be somewhere, be qualified to be there. Mm-hmm, 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 so that mm-hmm. when people come to you, it's just, you know, I went to the most selective public high school at that time in Chicago. But when you looked at the record, you saw I had top test scores. And when you saw um, us at graduation, you saw that I finished at the top of the class. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, while we, because at that time, you know, the Push Excel program was very prominent in the country. As I was making my way through the crowd to find my parents, and someone had just told me that someone had a gun and they were about to shoot my dad, right? So, you know, I couldn't even get out of my high school graduation wow. <laughs> with, with, you know, without hearing that. Threat, um, right. Uh, this woman pulled my arm and said, I'm glad to know that your father practices what he preaches. When I got here, I looked through the program to see where you ranked. And I said, See? Well, yes, exactly. Uh-huh. You know, I said, uh-huh. well, well, you know, I mean, you know, there you have it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. all of this comes with it. Mm-hmm. You complain mm-hmm. about it, Deborah. You just have mm-hmm. to take it, deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Get over it. If this is going to come with that, if someone mm-hmm. feels that you have an advantage, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, in some respects you do have some advantages, but you know there, right. there's always something that will mitigate. But it's a price that's always been paid. <laughs> it's well, always. Everything. And yes. Yeah. So, yes. you know, I get it, and I don't mm-hmm. complain about it. I just keep mm-hmm. on going. I try to keep, keep on growing. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I love that story, you know, that you shared about the transition from the uh, radio to Fox News because a lot of times, like you said, we we might uh, get rejected or something changes. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we're we don't, not able to embrace change. Can you talk about the importance of embracing change and not being stuck 
in a position that um, we think that that's the only, the highest that we can go when God wants to take us further. Well, you're, you're missing your blessing. I mean, mm-hmm. in short, uh, mm-hmm. God always God God's imagination is is infinite. God's desires for you are infinite. We're the ones who are limited. Mm-hmm. So why mm-hmm. not just go with Him and grow with God? Why not try to do that? I mean, just even the fact that we only see God through the through the prism of masculinity is right. I think is a mistake. Oh, come on now. Oh, come on now. How are you saying that now? Wait a minute. (laughs) You're coming from tradition, right? You know, I mean, we're still fighting about getting women in the pulpit. We're fighting about women becoming priests. I mean, really? Really? When (laughs) when God sent his only begotten son here, he sent Jesus here through a woman. Right. And the person to whom Jesus revealed himself after crucifixion was a woman. He trusted right. a woman to go back to the men to say, hey, this happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got to grow. We've got to grow. And, mm-hmm. you know, if Jesus hadn't been crucified, mm-hmm. you know, no test, no testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, no crucifixion, no resurrection. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. In life, mm-hmm. you have to take everything that comes your way, everything, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. don't get upset. Don't cry. Get over it. Grow mm-hmm. with this. Go mm-hmm. with this because when you grow do that, that's your blessing. Is it's on the other side of it, but you right. gotta grow through and go through to get right. Through. That's right. the reality. These are not right. slogans. This is the truth. And you know, I wonder where you know today we see a lot of people, and I'm certainly not placing any judgment, and I don't um, profess to know anyone's particular situation. Uh, however, there does seem to be a lot more reliance, um, or maybe it's just we're it's pushed more in our face now, but on medication for, I mean, I, in a lot of my business, I deal with people who have have grief or recently lost a loved one, and, you know, th- th- immediately the doctors put them on some type of antidepressant or mm-hmm. um, sleeping pills and, and all of that. What do you think, uh like you said, us being able to go through these things and get over it. What What is the breakdown in that, or what can we do to help people to move out of that 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 slump? Well, we can stop judging. Sometimes you do need medication. I mean, my brother was diagnosed last year as being bipolar, even though you know for years and years and years, you know, one of the great features about my brother, my brother's behavior, my brother's life was his behavior. You know, he was someone who was full of energy. You know, and like so many kids, they wanted to medicate him as a child, and my parents right. absolutely rejected that. They said he deal with him in all of his energy, so they sent him to military school and to boarding school and put him in very structured environments. But that's his story, and one day he'll tell it. Right. But I think that you can't be numb to life. You know, the book of James tells you to count it all joy. You can't mm-hmm. cherry pick life. You've got to take it all. Mm-hmm. You know, one day I have a brother in Congress, another day we're in the courthouse looking at mm-hmm. his eye You have to handle it all. But through it all, I love him every day. Mm-hmm. Through it all, I wouldn't trade being his sister, my parent's child, Yusef's sister, Jonathan's sister, Jackie's sister. What am I going to do? It all comes mm-hmm. with it, and when you, and if you keep on going in life, and you keep on growing in life, you'll understand it better by and by. Everything mm-hmm. that our grandparents 
sang about and lived about and lived through uh, makes sense. You know, right. so much of what, so much of the gospel, our interpretation of it today is self is self centered and selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a quid pro quo God. Mm-hmm. If I mm-hmm. give you this, then you can give me that, and the evidence of my living right is is the blessing of a car or of a house. Mm-hmm. Of this. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes mm-hmm. God holds that money back from you because you can't handle it right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. that marriage is withheld from you because you're not going to do, you're not going to handle this well. You're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you're in a difficult circumstance because you have to, something is going to be pulled out of you that would not be pulled out of you otherwise. Otherwise, right. Otherwise. Right. You have to mm-hmm. take it. And we so it's a be part numb. of life. Mm-hmm. All of it. And the pain mm-hmm. is part of life. The pleasure is part of life. And mm-hmm. everything comprises your life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you step back and look at the whole of your life, if you want to remove a piece, it's going to be, it's going to be incomplete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be mm-hmm. incomplete. I am glad that I had the experience of being um, someone. Now I see when I'm walking on the plane, and um, I sit down, and someone is sitting, you know, I'm sitting at the window or sitting on the aisle, and you have that empty seat. And then every now and then someone who is obese or morbidly obese or super morbidly obese, and I've been all of those things, when they get on the plane, I had this experience. This woman kind of held her breath as this person, because it was an airline where you choose your seat. Uh, right. She held her breath as this person walked past, and she just when when this guy walked past, she leaned over, touched me on the arm, and she said, oh, gosh, I'm so glad that they did not sit here. Oh. Yeah. And, I, and what made me so sad, I said, wow, I hope that God gives me an opportunity to tell her that there was a time when I was that person. When you were like that, right, right, and, yeah. And eventually, not to make her feel badly, I was able to say it. To make her rethink, up. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it, you know, maybe, maybe not. But in life, mm-hmm. things happen. I mean, I have a girlfriend who was, absolutely stunning. Everyone in her social environment was high profile, had a lot of money. And Mm -hmm. she was on some medication, Deborah, and she put on about 50 pounds between Mm -hmm. her waist and her knees. Mm -hmm. And it almost made her kill herself. Mm. You know, because she absolutely went from being completely accepted to to being totally rejected. And if you keep on living long enough in life, all of you, God gives you an opportunity to become whatever you condemn, or whatever for which whatever you have contempt for, you will be that. Right. Watch it. Be careful. That's right. That's right. Well, I tell you, if you all have just tuned in, we just have a few minutes left in the show. This time goes by so fast. We're here with Miss Santita Jackson, yes, and just having some great conversations today. We're talking about the business of media, and and uh, we've spoken about her career as a, a performer and singer. Um, I know we've talked about Fox News. Let's talk a little bit about the Word Network and your show on there. What is that all about, and how um, can people find you, and when does it air on the Word Network? Well, we're on on Saturdays um, at 2.30 Central Time, 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. Okay. It is, and and 12.30, I guess, uh, 12.30 p.m., uh, on Saturdays in 
in California on the on the left coast, as they put it. And on you can the go to <laughs> the word uh, what is it the wordnetwork dot org, and you can yes. if you don't have if you don't get the word network, you can you know go online and watch it. Mm-hmm. But uh, and contact me on my fan page. I had to open up a fan page, and it's about yes. to change a game because I've been I didn't realize it, but so many people were being rejected from the friends page because you know they limit you. But that's a whole different story. Yeah, oh, the friends. Yeah, so you need the fan. Yeah, so to get, yeah. give them your fan page um, address so they can go ahead and do that and follow you on Twitter as well. <laughs> well, next week it's going to change because I'm going okay. to amend it. But for now, it's the it's. Santita Jackson fan page. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Santita Jackson okay. fan page, and I'm at am I am at Santita J on Twitter. Okay, okay on Twitter. Okay, Santita but J. You, That's you keep it simple. I love it. I, oh, please, of course. And you know, but being on uh, being on the Word Network again is a tremendous opportunity uh, because I get a chance to go to go home actually. Yeah, to talk to you know the church audience, which is where I am most comfortable. I mean, even as I sang with Miss Black, um, I could see that clubs were not my thing. You know, even if they were fabulous, and a concert hall, um, wonderful. But I needed another context. Okay. Um, okay. You know, because you had the to go back really to your roots. <laughs> well, you know, and and really the fruit. I mean, my father, when he ran for president, he ran as an evangelist. I mean, no one who is political or who really, 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 really is being politically minded is going to run on a platform of establishing a more peaceful society and well, a just society and a more peaceful world. Mm-hmm. That runs you up against the military-industrial industri- complex, mm-hmm. um, and it runs you up against the Supreme Court, and even um, it helps. It pushes our constitution because in our constitution, African Americans were three fifths human. Women of every color were not included. People who were not propertyed, white men who did not have property, who did not have wealth, means they were not included. So you know the mission, the mission, mission statement of his presidential campaigns was toward a just society and a more peaceful world. And so I felt comfortable running within the context of the church and within the context of uh, of the ministry of Jesus Christ, which is bringing the good news to everyone who is disenfranchised, letting them know that they count, that they matter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm able to go onto the word network in that spirit. So we talk about everything, everything, and I mean everything. Now, do you have guests context. on the show, or, and are people able to call in? Or I wish. You know, we're saying this, though. Because, girl, they gave me two weeks to put it on the air. So I was in the midst of all the other stuff that I do. You know, I just had to I go up to Detroit and I just do it. But we're working it out so that I can begin to bring guests like you, hopefully, onto the show, you know, wherever you are. And um, I want to make it a fully interactive show. (laughs) And so, you know, I, I want people to reach out to me on Twitter and on Facebook so that I can hear what else it is that they want to talk about. But if you want to talk about single moms getting... Uh, cards, uh, Father's Day cards, we talk about that. If you want to okay. talk about out-of-wedlock uh-huh. birth, we can talk about that. If you want to talk about um, how to really, really, really have a, have, have a great relationship, let's talk mm-hmm. about that. If you want to talk about your weight, let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to talk about Trayvon, I'm finishing up a three-part series on Trayvon Martin because 
that exoneration has been so devastating to so many people mm-hmm. um, and exhilarating for others. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, nothing is off limits, but everything has a limit because I want the conversations to be respectful. Right, right. Right. That's so important. That's so important. Wow. Well, we are wrapping up this time. Like I said, it's gone by so fast. It's just been so special having you here with us today, Santita. Would you please um, give everybody your contact information again and love for you to share a few closing uh, comments that you would like to leave with our audience today? Oh, bless your heart, and I hope that you will join me on the Santita Jackson Show. You know, every oh, sure. Afternoon on Wednesday, you got to come on, Deborah. Now you got to. De- oh, definitely. I, I would love to, and I, and I have to say a special thank you to our mutual friend, uh, Miss Michelle Tidmore Fleming. Oh, I mean, that's yes. my sister. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, she is phenomenal. She we we had the privilege of uh having having her on the show. We interviewed her with her company as well, but definitely want to say thank you to her for uh sharing uh your information. Uh, yes, yes. and I was going to ask you about that. I think I remember she told me you sang at her wedding. Absolutely. Yes. One of my dearest friends in the world and of course we love Muncha Doodles. Yes, indeed. I know everybody needs to go back and listen to that interview, and you can order her bunch of doodles as well. They are so good. (laughs) It's like, yes, 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 she um, is. So I hope that they'll reach out to me on Twitter at Santita J and the and Santita Jackson fan page. I hope that they'll catch up with me and stay with me this week, everybody, because um, I post a morning message. I you know, post stories that are of interest. I try to interact yes. with everyone. And, um, um, you know, we just we talk about everything. And I hope that I can leave everybody with this. A, let me, uh, let me congratulate you, Deborah, for the fine work that you do, uh, this oh, inspirational, this aspirational work. It is so important because thank you. Uh, we just came out with this, uh, with this horrible news that 80% of Americans have been struggling with poverty. With some, mm-hmm. At some point, they've been jobless, they've been near poverty, they have relied mm-hmm. on some kind of government assistance, about half of Americans do. Um, mm-hmm. It shows that the American dream, really a fundamental human yearning and longing, is becoming increasingly, increasingly elusive for us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about wealthy sisters is so important because the median wealth for a single black woman is only $100 today. For a single Hispanic woman, it's $120. For white women, it's $41,000, but that's only 70% of white male wealth. So all women, black, white, brown, yellow, and red, are struggling. And so the work that you do is so important, and I hope that everyone, my hope, the closing thought is that people will listen to you as often as you can be on blog talk, as often as you blog, because I think that your message will help to lift us out of uh, the challenges that we're facing every day. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say God bless you and thank you for all that you're doing, Deborah. Well, thank you so much, Miss Santita Jackson. We're definitely going to stay in touch and follow you and making sure everyone follows you there at Santita J on Twitter and find you there on Facebook as well and, and catch you on Fox News and the Word Network. And we just want to again say thank you to everything uh, that you are doing and your family and just pray continued blessings upon you and yours as well. So thank, thank you so you. much. 
to everyone for helping us celebrate the fourth year anniversary here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. We thank you for tuning in, and we invite you to come back next week. You know we have another great show promised for you. As always, we wish you and yours the best of everything great. See you next week. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for another positively impacting show next week. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wealthy Sisters and on the web at WealthySistersRadio.com. The opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our hosts, staff, or partners of our Wealthy Sisters Radio.